Um, uh, Jubilabon, as usual, uh, me and Regan, me Demma, we're just talking about the elections that's been going around, and we'd like to thank the original custodians of uh, the land in Australia. So we had the Queensland one uh, yesterday, we're recording this on, on Sunday the 1st of November. Uh, yesterday we had the Queensland state election, which um, I haven't actually looked at exact since last night, but yeah, Queensland or Australian Labor Party has uh, taken it um, pretty safely. Um, I think there's a small swing, one or two percent towards them. Um, there was actually a swing towards um, the main opposition party, which is what's it, Liberal National Party, which is yeah. a Another complicated party in Queensland. We won't talk us out. It's the, basically the Conservative Party. Um, and then there's Greens, which are like a another centre-left sort of party. Um, and they picked up a seat, so they now have got two. Um, it's been yeah, pretty no. spicy. Oh, I just had a look, mate. Like, Liberals lost seats. What's going on? You, you think of all that um, propaganda, you know, with Murdoch backing them. Yes, yeah, so not only did they have the Murdoch media, um, they had uh, one of Queensland's wealthiest men, um, Clive Palmer, who has like mining investments, but I think he started out with um, as a property developer. Uh, he he was putting signs up all over the state as well. Um, he has his own party, which didn't really pull any seats. Um, yeah, it's polling at zero seats at the moment. Yeah. Um, One Nation has won, which is horrible. So One Nation, for, yeah. yeah, but they they had a uh, they normally pull about fifteen percent of the vote. And yeah. they, won, they lost seven um, percent. Oh my god, that's horrible. yeah. They've had a is it yeah seven percent swing against them. So they still pulled their vote halved. <laughs> Yeah, um, for those that know, One Nation's like the racist party. Like, it's even more racist than usual Australian racism. They're literally like open racists. That, that's the best It's like a, um, it's a populist party rather than like a, um, like a right-wing conservative mm. specifically party. Um, they're pretty all over the place when it comes to economics, you know, some, I guess, some agrarian socialist policies but it, mostly it's just built on um you know anti-immigration um they started out um pauline hansen as anti-chinese immigration um yeah f- a famous line um being swamped by asians i think yes. that was in the 90s yeah yeah okay. so but yeah they lost their vote and it looks like much of their vote has gone um to the two major parties to it's Labor, it to seems like. Labor got a fuck sense yeah. yeah. Um, so the problem with, with, not problem, but the thing with One Nation is um, they poll, you know, while across the state it's about 15% at the last election and down to seven this one, it's 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 a lot higher in your um, regional areas and quite low in... Um, in southeast Queensland, which is our sort of urban centre. Yeah. Where are you? So, yeah. Um, where, so, where yeah. Sorry? Where, where are you based? Like, which electorate? 
So I'm in an electric called uh, McConnell, oh, which um, was very close between Labor, Liberal and the Greens. Um, and I thought Greens might get up um, about two hours into counting. They were on top. And then all the postal votes and pre-polling votes came in, um, which was funny, which happens across the state with Greens votes, which to me indicates that um, because of the, the pandemic, a lot of people were, were voting early or doing postal votes, but not Greens voters because most Greens voters are young um, and they leave voting to the last day. <laughs> mm, just like uh, assignments, you know, you've got to procrastinate for a few days. And yeah, yeah. And a student party as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. I mean, but, green, Greens are... Um, in, in America's way, they would be probably, like, known as hippies. They're, like, really comparatively far left to what you got so in America. In they're, they're known as, like, a socially progressive. And outside of Queensland, they're also can be quite... Uh, Neolib. Yeah. Neoliberal or even even conservative. They're, I've heard them... They're often called tree Tories. Because um, in you say rural, I think we talked about this before, but maybe in um, uh, so the rural areas of New South Wales where there's lots of uh, hippies and stuff, and um, where they 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 want they want to stop property development and immigration and mm. um, things like that, but they don't really have a problem with capitalism as such. But Queensland's different, especially Brisbane. The um. Queensland branch of the Greens is legit uh, leftist. It's it's uh, you know totally anti-capitalist, and there is a number of actual open communists. Um, wow. So it's quite it's pretty cool actually. Um, I have my issues with Greens nationally um, and state here as well. But yeah, they our we have a local councillor uh, Jonathan Three. It was just an absolute legend. Um, he's always at every. He's always, he's, just, he's a he's, as a guy knows about solidarity. You know, he's always at the um, you know, at rallies for uh, refugees, for Indigenous deaths in custody. Um, you know, he he's a a grassroots sort of politician guy, and he's. I feel like he's sort of set the scene for Greens in Brisbane a little bit. Um. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Jono. Never met him, but uh, sounds good. Should get him on the show, actually. Yeah. Cool idea. Because yeah, um, he's a cool guy. Just, just a question. Did you have any of those, um, uh, what do you call them, sort of xenophobia campaigns against any Chinese candidates? Because I think that that's what really links back to all this um, to election talk in Australia. Because yes. every candidate's Chinese is being vetted very strongly. Probably not very fairly. <laughs> No. So the Liberal National Party, the Conservatives, uh, had a um, a candidate in a, in a Brisbane seat. His name was Peter Jung. Um, and about two days before the election, um, our mate uh, Drew Pavlo posted on <laughs> Facebook and then he... Uh, it was a sponsored post, so I didn't follow him at Wait, it was sponsored. And then, yeah, so so I got I got to find out who paid for it because I don't oh, believe that he paid God. for it. He's a 
bloody like uni student. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, anyway. he has that. Um, doesn't he have like a party where he's, he's fundraised like 20 grand or something on GoFundMe? Maybe he did pay for it. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, he could have. He's also got his. Um, I mean, yeah. He's lost his seat or whatever in UQ. They had UQ elections, student elections last couple of weeks ago. I won't. Really <laughs> He's still trying to complain about the results. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, this this guy Peter Jong, uh, he he was in a Chinese language newspaper maybe five years ago when a um, PLA uh, Navy ship docked into Brisbane, and he went down there and. I guess met up with him. I guess he wasn't really running for politics at the time. He's been involved with um, the Labor Party in this area for a while. But yeah, the PLA ship Wait, came. The Labor Party or the Libs? Ah, uh, sorry, Liberal Party. Oh, I was like, whoa, he's switched. Sorry, yeah. no. There's the Chinese community um, in Brisbane, which I imagine is mostly taiwanese and hong kong is very yeah, peter Jung, it's a very um mainland name so i'm guessing he's mainlander um, well he is yes because yeah. um sorry i'll eventually get it out <laughs> in the newspaper article he says something along of uh it was great to have the pla navy vessel here um it was a great way of for for chinese australians to connect with their homeland um, or their motherland um Pretty tame sort of stuff, I guess. But um, in these times, you can dig that up. And it, it's it been treated that he was endorsing <laughs> uh, the Communist Party of China. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, when Modi came around, um, I think it was like 2016 or 17, and that, um, in, in the US there were like huge parades, like just all these Indian Americans uh, a lot of nationalism on show. And it's interesting because there, there was no one, no one was talking about the fact there was so much nationalism for India on show, but because they're, they're more they're more allied, more sort of on good terms to the West, I guess. But if, if you do anything that is sort of anything remotely uh, nationalistic about China as a Chinese person, they automatically start betting you as a, a Chinese agent. Mm. You know? Yeah. Kind of no, it's it's only people from uh, mainland China that are really no no other ethnicity or nationality is treated like that at the moment. Or even um, with the recent um, Senate um, hearings where they where uh, Abetz Senator Eric Abetz, um, you know, uh, questions three Chinese people, um, and two of them were even from mainland backgrounds. One of them was Hong Kong, nah. Lisa Chow. Another one was um, Osman Chu. He's from a Taiwanese background. And asking them, they, yeah, he was he was born in Australia. Yeah, he was born in Australia, and um, I, I personally met um, to both of them. And if if you spoke to them on a the phone, you would not be able to hear an accent. They have very standard Aussie accents. Um, you, you would not know they're a foreigner. They they're basically just like everyone else. They just they, they they're Asian and they have Chinese ethnicity, and they were being yeah. targeted for. Um, their loyalty being asked to, you know, denounce the Chinese Communist Party. Um, so there's definitely a, a sort of a red scare going on, as um, that was mentioned today as well by uh, Suling Tan in the Southern Chinese Morning Post. Have you saw that? No, I didn't, but I don't know. She's been writing about Australia a bit lately, so... Yeah. I mean, she, she's an Aussie Chinese person, so it makes sense. Oh, she is. 
Right. Yeah, so she's pretty angry about that. Um, but yeah, that, that sounds like Peter got the short end of the stick there. I mean, I don't support his policies from what it looks like. He's a very business-based person. But, hmm. Well, there's photos of him from like five years ago, um, and it's like a, you know, like a, um, like a Ch- Chinese Australian society, uh, like a, a business group or whatever. There was a, a sort of tied in with LMP and and his his photos taken there with with Peter Peter Dalton. <laughs> like, um, I mean, uh, yeah, he's cancelled. No, nah, he's gone. Egghead, no. Nah. <sighs> I wish. But um, I don't know. The, the Australian Chinese Chinese Australian community is so well embedded into the business community mm. um, as as any other immigrant community is. Um, yeah, it's pretty... Um, I like my, my parents are strong Labour voters just because we came in you know, during the, after the Tiananmen Square massacre, uh, well, Tiananmen Square incident, um, and basically what happened was we were granted you know, asylum basically to stay in Australia after that so that they right. would not vote any other party. So that's there's like sort of the pre-2000 migrants, that group, they're, they're always going to vote Labour. But then there's the newer ones, which are more rich and more wealthy coming in, and they're basically investment migrants, uh, you know, and they're, they're definitely liberal voters in that case. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny, so, though. They keep accusing these business owners of being communists. It's just like, wow, that, that's interesting. Um, like, there was Serena Jam, um, who was running for, I think, councillor uh, for Melbourne City, and she, she was a staffer for Josh Frydenberg, um, who's Christ. the neoliberal, one of the most neoliberal treasurers in Australian history. <laughs> and, and apparently uh, she's a Chinese um, agent, according, just because of her background. And um, who, who was that guy from, was it Jeff Wade that was t- talking this up? Um, Jeff P. Wade, I think, yeah. I'm not sure. I've So anyone that wasn't aware, Jeff Wade... Um, has a, a Twitter uh, presence, but all he does is post um, uh, interactions between Chinese Chinese Australians, I guess, and business groups, and um, it, it's, it's like he's cataloging every interaction that um, Chinese Australians have with with any with any group. It's quite weird. So yeah, I'm not sure what he. What he did there. It's kind of creepy because he, he pulled up the, the one in um, running for Glen Iris, that lady, um, and she ended up dropping out, not wanting to win anymore because about the amount of abuse she got. Because what? Jeff oh, went, really? Yeah, she she basically posted on WeChat says I don't even want to run anymore because she's just getting attacked. Um, so she's like, um, what was her name? The Glen Iris candidate. Well, let me just look it up. I mean, the yeah, the wild oh, thing about Li Zhang, yeah. What Jeff Wade is doing is he he doesn't he doesn't provide any commentary that I can see. He just he just posts all this stuff, but it's I mean it's kind of a dog whistle because he knows that people will pick it up and you know yeah. So basically, uh, Li Zhang she she was uh, the current president of the Chinese Community Council of Australia in Victoria, and funny enough, another person that is. Also, that was the president of that group. Was is Ching Teng, the current race commissioner in Australia? Oh, really? And but he's from uh, I think a Malaysian background, so maybe that's why he didn't get as much hate. 
But yeah, so Clive Hamilton and, you know, Jeff Wade accused her and she got so much flack and attack from online people, just randoms, running for a random council seat and award. Um, but no one should, like, someone like this should usually doesn't never ever get to the national news stage. And imagine her. Yeah. And I don't support her policies because she's um, allied with a lot of, um, you know, business interests. But, but someone shouldn't be subjected to that at all. That's just disgusting. Yeah. No, no, even if we disagree with her policies we have to um stand in solidarity against because it's just racial profiling basically yeah and it's it'll eventually come for for leftists as well um yeah was was there any uh the new federated states of china they've been protesting at a few houses around were they involved in in either oh i talked to david broshi and apparently um those people that were protesting were actually also anti-China people. But um, how do I say it? Um, they, they were part of the anti-China people that are sort of in a group that's also against, the, uh, what's his name, Miles Kuo. Oh. So it's like some kind of interfight of the, of the anti-China brigade. It's oh it's really funny. Let them fight, you know, like that um, Godzilla, Godzilla meme. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, let them fight, but... But they shouldn't be uh, harassing people's houses and sort of camping I'm trying to outside. keep up. I'm trying to keep up with all this stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's splintering. Like, today there was that, um, what was his name? The editor for Vision Times, Xia Yan. He was going crazy online with uh, anti-Semitic tweets. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hagee yeah. Cohen has uh, written a story. Um, oh, it's so much going on with this one about <laughs> mostly the... The, the connection with the uh, Hunter Biden story and Boulding's world and stuff. And and then, yeah, Shia Yan, the, is the editor, was it? Of, yeah, the editor um, of the Vision Times. Vision Times Australia. Um, he said that um, a Jewish mind could not understand the Chinese mentality or whatever. Mm, that's um, a double whammy of racism right there. Mm. That was <laughs> wild. Um, I'm no one. No one picked it up. And well, Haga, I think got highlighted by you. Yeah. I, I yeah, I retweeted it because I wanted I wanted someone else. It, it's not really for me to to um. That's very anti-Semitic. <laughs> it is. Um, then, then he started talking about um some plant campaign that Haga was making to divide the Chinese community based on for her political gain, and it's just. It just keeps falling into the tropes and of um, this whole Jewish control crap um, that he's promoting. It's not surprising because, you know, um, Vision Times is owned by, well, allegedly, well, basically confirmed, uh, owned by the Falun Gong, which is, um, you know, in conjunction with Trump, very much on the right, far right authoritarian side of um, the world and politics. So anti-Semitism is quite common there. Yeah, have they been... I guess they're all on board with the the Soros sort of conspiracy theories as well. Yeah, and you know they're against um, race mixing. They're against LGBT Q plus. So it's um, pretty much spread, spreading COVID misinformation as well. Yeah, oh yeah, um, that apparently China used it as a weapon against the world. Um, you know there are a few people that that do love the Falun Gong. That seems to retweet them a lot. Uh, so Mr. Mr. T and um, it it's a very dangerous group of people you don't want to get on the wrong side with because they, they're also very much 
in close conjunction with people like uh, the East um, Eastern Turkestan Independence Movement, um, which is also affiliated with ISIS, and also the Tibetan Independence Movement, which is uh, very very strong online presences. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and and they're also have loose connections with just genuine uh, sort of white supremacist groups that yeah. don't have big names on a local level. Uh, as like, we've mentioned before, guys like Abu Yemeni and and One Nation actually, which is very surprising, which is an anti-Chinese, anti-Asian migration group. I mean, party basically. Originally. Yeah, and it's also the only Muslim group, um, which is the ETIM, the East Turkestan Independence Movement, to actually be supported or get some support from Israel, which is also very suspicious. Because oh, uh, uh, you know Israel doesn't seem like to support. The Palestinians and their neighbors, or some people say, you know, the, the people they're occupying. But yeah, they, they no, really but, kept... um, <laughs> there's lots of lots of money going in weird places, and I there's it, also so... got to be, you know, if I put on my tinfoil hat for a second, um, I surely there's you know like an American intelligence or or deep state involvement there somewhere as well. Um, Steve Bannon tied into it. Um, yeah, it's just a, such a such a deep rabbit hole. Um, yeah, it's really hard to keep track of it all. It's just everywhere. Um, like we, we you talked about boarding, um, that story. What happened there? Like it, it's just it, it's happening so fast. There's so much news, and there's so many characters. Each one of them are very. Each one of them, they're not, they're kind of similar. They have like this sort of, there's like a base model of the China Watcher. He's like a bold, middle-aged white dude who failed at in his home country. Yeah. But, but then they have a few sort of twerks, like in the video game. They can add like, you know, level up in sex pest or level up in racism or something <laughs> like that. And yeah. Yes. Um, um, what happened to Balding? Do you, I'm not, I didn't follow quite clearly, but apparently he, he did something very bad that got even the, the China Watcher community against him. Yeah, well, yeah, they've, they've pretty much um, hung him out to dry now. Um, a lot of people who were supporting him saying that they never did and all this sort of stuff. But you can go back and you can read some old tweets and you can see that he, he was... They liked him when he, when he was saying what they wanted him to say. But... I'm, I try to avoid the whole thing because the whole Glenn Greenwald is tied into it. It's been such a massive mess this week. But like Glenn Greenwald's part of it as well. Yeah, because I think... Oh, uh, is it related to the intercept resignation story as well? Yeah, I think Boulding, um created a fake source with a fake story and fed it to Glenn Greenwald and then Glenn Greenwald tried to publish it and he wasn't allowed... Because it was about Hunter Biden. Wait, um, so he was the one that created the source? Bold. Oh my God, what a small world. Because <laughs> I, I saw yeah. it on some, quite a few major news channels about resignation. And yeah, wow. That, that's a very yeah. bolding thing. I mean, so I'll, I'll be honest, I've trolled yeah. bolding a few times with fake accounts and I made up really far fetched stories and he actually retweeted it and I deleted the account the next day. <laughs> Um, I think one of them was like something about a dumpling spy house or some crap. I can't remember. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be all that smart. And it's interesting that he's been going around describing himself as a professor. Is um, he? He's not a professor. He's a 
whatever comes before you, you're in a professor apparently. Lecturer. What? Um, is it adjunct or? What's his full name? Christopher Bolden. Yeah, or... I think so. Yeah. Adjunct professor. Oh, I see. Oh, whatever it is. I'm. I don't know, it's been a long time since I've been in uni. I'm not sure how they work. Those academia people really care about that um, kind of stuff. Yeah. Just trying to. Fulbright University. Oh, associate professor. Associate professor, yeah. Fulbright University, Vietnam. Oh, so he's funded by the Americans, basically. He went nine years so, at yeah. Peking. Yeah, he got fired from Peking University, I think. And then uh, he's he's also quite famous for writing a. Um, why I'm Leaving China article or an essay. Uh, he wrote that in 2018. Um, I, yeah, so. I've been in China for nine years and he really hates China a lot. I mean, fair enough. I hate, I don't like Australia that much. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's silly, but I'm just trying to find. Uh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah, there's I found his article, Not Feeling Safe in China. Hmm. You know, and then I just, I got the tweet here and there's just a lot of, a lot of blue ticks sort of saying things like, uh, you know, good luck and sad to see you go and really respect your writing. And But um, <laughs> if you go look at their feeds, they're the sort of old tweets. If you look at their modern tweets, they don't want anything to do with them. Um yeah, I mean, he was one of the most retweeted um, voices. I just never took notice of him because everything he said was so slanted. Um, it was just so biased, just from the from what he, uh, you know, it, it was it made it was just waste of time. It was really weak, and you know, like when I first started getting into China Twitter and stuff, and he was obviously one of the first that I came across, and I did briefly follow him, but um, clearly unfollowed because yeah, none of this stuff was really. Um, quite spicy enough for it to be interesting. It's kind of weak, just average, you know. Um, you guys like Beijing Palmer. They, um, they have the same sort of content, but a bit more in depth and mm. more dangerous, I guess, more insidious. Yeah, I mean, and they also make bigger gaffes because this, this this bolding guy, he just he just tax, but he doesn't have any substance in his tax, which. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nah. really boring. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah. Do, do you want to talk about the American election? Who do you think is going to win? I think that Biden will get more votes, but Electoral College will bring it home for um, for Trump. Mm, I think it's going to be uh, a landslide to Biden, like 300 plus um, electoral votes for Biden this time because. I know the, the issue about the polling, but the things they've changed the polling quite a bit this time to count a lot of Trump voters or, you know, those silent voices. And yeah. even if that, it try to make it more biased towards the Republicans. The polling shows the popular vote uh, with Biden ahead just by like, I think, four or five percent now. It just even if the polling is wrong by like it's so wrong that it's like an opposite what's meant to be, like it, it, that's the only way Trump can win. If Trump doesn't win every single state that he, um, that's purple, he loses. <laughs> it, it, it's, right. Yeah, it's so stark and um, for him. But, you know, for, for me, it's crap both ways because I don't like any of them. <laughs> no, well, 
that's why this the Queensland election. I actually stayed home on a Saturday night in front of my computer, just refreshing and, and watching the um coverage because I didn't like either of the either of the options. So I was quite enjoyable to watch it because I didn't really care about the outcome. Um, and that's what it'd be like for this American one. I no, I I don't think Biden will win. I just don't think the system's set up for him. But yeah, if if we just pretend for a second that that Biden does take the electoral college. Um, there's also, there's been talk of, you know, Trump refusing to leave and all that sort of stuff. But I really think that that's probably just a beat up. Um, it's 2020 has been so crazy. And even COVID aside, I think it would have been a crazy year. Um, and people, the media is just, it's in a frenzy at the moment. Um, mm. And, I, I, I'm not one to believe that, you know, once we get rid of Trump, the world will be right again. But I do think things will probably calm down a bit um, after election on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, if Trump's gone, I think the hawkishness um, that Australia has to provide towards China would definitely sort of go down a bit. I mean, Biden's just a war hawk as well, but he, you know... It, it, he wouldn't be outrightly provoking as much. No. Yeah, he'd do it more no. in a more covert way. Um, and for Australia as well, hopefully it, it means um, a, a downturn on our side because we have a lot of copycat movements, um, you know, a lot of sort of weird marker wannabe types in Australia as well. Yeah. Or maybe make them even angrier. We don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is... Um, Trump, let's say Trump loses and he steps aside, I think he'll still have quite a, a presence. He might go back to... He, I've always believed that, that, that Trump just likes crowds. That I, I believe that he never wanted to be president in the first place. Man, coronavirus is the worst thing ever for him then. Oh, well, he hasn't stopped. Um, sure he doesn't care. Did you see that thing in Nebraska where he just left everyone out in the cold? Yeah, and then... <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it's happened three times in a I think if something happens in Miami the other day, they left out in the rain. It was, it was too hot or something. Like, but yeah. American Trump fans are such cucks that the, the more the more Trump disrespects them, the more the more they respect him. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna it. say yeah, because they keep calling the left you know cucks, but look at them. They're getting cut by Trump every step of the way. Grifted constantly, <laughs> and you can look at how um, you know the the soft left. Um, was a big, big fan of Bernie, but they never had a, they never had an issue with telling Bernie that he was wrong on something. Um, they never and and once he sort of endorsed Biden, they sort of tossed him aside. Like there was none of that cultish behaviour that you see with with Trump or, or Clinton. Yeah, it, the Clinton thing is quite interesting because they keep saying stop talking about her, but. She has like these weird cultists. Like if you insult Clinton, you'll get like these people just pop out of nowhere to defend her. <laughs> it's like that of Trump. Like um, they, they have that personality cult. Yeah. Personality. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Do you, do do you think the are you predicting violence or anything like that in America? Or <sighs> dude, I don't know what's gonna happen because like there's so many outcomes for that. Like. You know, if it's not close, like if the voting is not clear on or even if um, Biden does win on, say, uh, the November, November the f- uh, was it the 4th or 3rd, um, 
Trump could just say, you know, he could just void it or something or say we should stop counting at one spot or get the Supreme Court to step in. You know, yeah. it could be a civil war. We don't know. <laughs> um, it's so screwed there. Like, wasn't there, like, um, purchased 100,000 guns in the last month or so in America? Yeah. Yeah. There's probably that many guns bought every month in America, you know? Oh, um, I've heard it's like some increased number. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Nah, well, I don't know. But I just, probably. I remember the year before uh, Obama was elected, there's so much talk in the media about saying, when, oh, he's going to get assassinated by some oh, redneck yeah. or whatever. You know, that didn't happen. America is, is crazy. Don't get me wrong. It is a horrible, violent, bizarre place. Um, but I just, I just think that lately there's just been a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not down, downplaying the danger of Trump and his policies and stuff. But I just, I just wonder if they're just making so much more noise because that's what sells papers and what gets you tuning into, you know, the liberal media, NS, MSNBC and CNN and stuff. So yeah, and uh, it, it's all like token talk and voices. Like look, look at um, I think Kamala Harris is one of the sneakiest characters in politics. Um, oh yeah she basically has no moral values that she stands by she can change as long as it gets her up into whatever position yeah and um like her her switch on medicare for all um you know her her switch on basically from bernie politics to biden politics it was just a jump and she was wasn't she the one talking about the busing issue um being the little black girl that was and now she's supporting biden she went really hard (laughs) against biden in the uh uh, in the primary debates and then she went on um the breakfast club which is a um oh, i watched that it's a f- uh, radio show, show. Yeah. yeah um uh the guests are weird it's like it's kind of hip-hop based it's like young african-americans i guess um but she was on there and she was like oh you know i was just saying that because it was a debate i didn't really believe any of it you know the same as that she on that same show she went, that was where she said that she um she smoked weed in college, um, laughing about how she smoked weed, and then she also put people in jail when she was a prosecutor and weed. You know. Oh yeah, and she was the one. She was saying she listened to Snoop Dogg um, when she was in college. But thing is, Snoop Dogg wasn't even out yet or something when she was in college. She she's like Obama. Um, yeah, she lies, very... but she's not as good as Obama at lying though, because she gets caught out so easily. No, and Obama was much more popular, and even among African Americans, I can't, I can't see um, Kamala Harris. She doesn't seem to be that popular. Um, I mean, she's going for that. Uh, or, I mean, she's a prosecutor, and she was laughing at the the truancy, um, the kids, remember, who didn't go to school, yeah. locking them up, and <laughs> I mean, the nickname Kamala, it fits her very well. Yeah. yeah, there was the thing where all the Asians like, we need to support Kamala. I'm like, well, I'm not American, I don't care. Because apparently she's half Indian. I'm like, well, you know, I think that's a stupid grouping anyway. The fact that Indian, Southern Asians are grouped with East Asians in one group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Um, now, there's a lot of uh, Democrats convincing themselves they like her. I mean, I guess they don't care about policies. She's still good. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, but, man, she's wearing Converse Chucks. Oh, Chuck Taylors. Oh, yeah, and all the Tims, you know. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's 
Hillary Clinton came out of a hot sauce. It's just it's so weak. Uh, yeah, it is. Like there are people like what is it? Sixty percent of people in America are one paycheck away from not being able to pay electricity or water the bills. And then they're talking about the fashion fashion statements of like vice presidents, and and that's why like you know that's a lot of people they're losing. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, at least Biden's yeah. being part of the populist things. Like he's and talking about the minimum wage at times, and um, also about you know needing to inject money right away, even when Trump's not doing that. And that's something Trump's lost in the plot about, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't see, things aren't going to get better if, if Trump Trump doesn't win. We're just going to be in a, in a whole new situation. Yeah, I mean, maybe in COVID, there'll be a bit better because they might put a mask mandate or, you know, something like that. Or maybe have a lockdown, actually, like a proper one. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the mask mandate, though, but Americans, it's, it's too... The, the misinformation is too spread. Like half the most COVID, you know, and yeah, it's, it, it is a cliche. It's a divided country at the moment. So yeah, true. Most of those uh, COVID freakouts are coming from America itself where you see those like Karens to like, Oh, freedom of speech. I don't want to wear a mask. And they like, you know, start, getting mad it's like as though it's like the most important thing in their lives to give it to them and yeah people who have never had real oppression <laughs> yeah it's take. like oh i gotta wear a mask I don't, I don't understand it man it's just uh, it just feels like everything's so depressing to be honest mm. well yeah i was hanging out with some friends this afternoon and we started talking about climate change and um, they're like, this is really depressing, and I don't have any hope. But I, I do have, I am optimistic about the future, and a lot of that has to do with it's. I think I really think it's just the West that's that's in a, a pessimistic mood at the moment. I reckon if you talk to anyone in China itself, they're probably um, pretty happy with 2020 and optimistic about the future as well. Yeah, that's a big chunk of the world. But I mean, India is not going very well. Like the COVID spiking there. True. Yeah, you're right about China there, 100%. I think it was like 90% positivity rating at the moment. Um, but in India, it, it, I wish something good could happen there because there's, there's a lot of big chunk of the world there and um, it seems to just keep getting more capitalist changes and people starving and rich getting richer. Like there was this documentary I saw um, about the, the richest man in India and his like huge building in Mumbai. It was like this... 40-story building just himself, where outside it's just like all these slums. Like, if I was a dude there, man, like an Indian dude there, I would, you know, just go and smash his building and kill all of them. Because, like, fuck you, man. What are you yeah, doing? it's... I'm not... Sh- it's surprising that that's able to go next to each other. I'm guessing it must be conditioning, and I, it's probably a violent place as well. I don't... Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's very depressing. I, I was just imagining today... So I listened to another podcast um, about Indian history, and um, I just imagine what if there had been some sort of socialist uh, revolution after the British left or whatever, and, and what if what if India had become the powerhouse like China is today? 
how inspiring that would be for <laughs> the world. Yeah, um, it would be. I looked it up. Yeah, Mr. Ambani is a 27-story house, the only $1 billion house in the world. It's in the middle of, like, Mumbai. Um, it's just – it's disgusting. Like, um, and all around him is just, you know, poverty and squalor, people starving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They, need, they need a revolution. <laughs> people just rise up and burn that crap down. I'm not inciting violence. Well, yeah. the Communist Party's in power in um, Kerala state on the west coast of India there. And they've largely got, last time I checked, they had COVID under control. Um, so they look like they're doing pretty well. It's just other, other areas. So, yeah, India, another extremely complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's only one state, so, yeah. which is a lot of people, though. But um it, it's a very complicated place and there's just so much uh, they're just directing all their um they seem to be using this misdirection by trying to make it make indian people hate chinese people in order to misdirect you know what's the failings is happening in the indian state at the moment and likewise of america um you know had, had an argument today uh, about why, why america keeps talking about china's fake stats or this or that um, it's because that they failed everything else, you know, in their own selves. Yeah. It's, now, back on, hmm? on your point about the Indian Indian media and the Indian elites uh, really seem to be egging on the, the clashes on the on the border there, um, and and and. And the worse COVID gets, the more you seem to hear about it. I think they, they capture a, a Chinese intelligence officer or something last week. They had him in custody for a couple of days. Um, and I saw some like Indian headlines and it was just, it was the big story, you know. Um, the big story should be uh, India's economy. I think it crashed by like 20% this year. So it's a fucking mess. Oh wow, that's so good quarter. I know. I think that's happening with all the countries. Like the UK was like twenty five percent as well. That is crazy. Like yeah, imagine that. Yeah, like a quarter of your economy disappearing basically. Yeah, mm. it's. Uh, I think we apparently Australia is now out of recession. Um, what? There's like no yeah. one has a job in Victoria. Maybe maybe in the other states. Is it better in Brisbane or something? Well, we're not in negative growth anymore, apparently. So, um, yeah. Well, the the technical de- definition for a recession, at least in Australia, is two quarters in a row of negative growth, um, which we had that for the first and second quarter, and I guess third quarter must have. Yeah. September quarter, yeah, but. I mean, yeah, it feels like a recession to anyone who doesn't have a fucking job. So, yeah, no, I have a job. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, big time banker, and <laughs> and you know, even I think it's a uh, recession at the time. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the, the loans are not going out as much. You know, that we we they had to um, lax the lending lending standards, um, so you can get mortgages easier. That they're being pretty, pretty desperate to pump the economy going. Um, and I think there's been some, you know, dropping of the numbers. Like there's a lot of things in the government that doesn't seem to be working well in Australia at the moment. Um, 
they're trying to sort of misdirect a lot. Like there's the Australia Post story about the Cartier watches. Um, watches, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a lot of misdirection. Like, but it, Labor should, like Labor was right to attack them, but they shouldn't have kept going on it because the whole plan of the Liberals there was to basically attack the public service and get more people fired from the public service and get more redundancies. So they can save more for their, for, for like, get, you know, that, to, for whatever, to pump more into Rupert Murdoch's companies or something. And it, it's just a lot of misdirection. Yeah, well, I think um, that was, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit distracting. Because at the same time, the New South Wales Premier um, has some corruption issues over her head. So I think it was a very smart way of covering that up, you know. Yeah, I mean, what she did was wrong. What um, the Holgate, Christina Holgate, the CEO of OzPost, like, you know, spending um, company money, which is a public company owned by the Australian public, um, on, you know, watches and luxury items. But it's 20 grand. Um, okay, all corruption wrong, but it, it, it's small what Gladys did. Um, and what basically has been happening in the Liberal Party with, you know, the Great Barrier Reef Fund, that was like, what, half a billion dollars? Paladin, yeah. Peter Dutton, which is 200 mil. Yeah, there's so much money that's being siphoned away. Um, and there's so much corruption in Australia, but people don't, people, like, it gets reported, but no one cares. <laughs> it's sad. No, you're right. We're, we're so kind of used to it now, and um, unless it takes a Unless someone does go down, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's pretty grim. Mm. Uh, definitely. Um, um, I think um, we should get that. Uh, yeah, this, this is good for today, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we've covered a bit here, so. Um, Quite a bit, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so. We've got some cool interviews for you guys coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, so looking forward to that. And then we might even try and find someone from America to talk about the election. After that. <laughs> so yeah, we should short again, maybe. Yeah, David up. on. He, he's American. Yeah. He's pretentious, whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, no, he's. True. All right. Stop recording. All right, take it easy, guys. You see boys, girls, everyone.
千年。